Welcome to the St. Joseph Radio Presents live program broadcasting to you from the Rome of the West, St. Louis, Missouri. The program that for over 30 years has brought you eloquent speakers from across the globe to help explain, clarify, and evangelize the Catholic faith. Our program covers a variety of topics relating to current issues and occurrences in our daily lives. Now, with the aid of technology, we are able to bring the gospel message to the four corners of the world, where Christ himself did say, those who have ears ought to hear. It is our hope at St. Joseph Radio that through these programs, we can help evangelize the world and change one soul at a time. Now, here is your host to introduce today's guest and topic. Well, hello and welcome to another edition of St. Joseph Radio Presents. Actually, this is coming to you from the, uh, uh, the St. Joseph Evangelization Network. And uh, we're coming to you live from St. Louis, Missouri, which is the Rome of the West. We're very, very humble and modest about that. But anyways, um, with us today, we have, by, by the way, I guess I should introduce myself. I, I can uh, forget myself, but I should do that. My name is Ray Gerard, and I am uh, your host for this, this program. And with us today, we have a very special guest. He's a very busy man, and we're very glad that he was able to make some time for us today and come into our studio. We have with us Brian Westbrook. He is the executive uh, director of Coalition Life. Brian, welcome to our program. Well, it's an honor to be here and an uh, honor to be here with all of your guests, and especially with you today. Especially with me, of course. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Throw that in there. That's good. Um, so we're going to start this program like we do all of our programs with a short prayer. So in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Mother Mary, dear Mother Mary, uh, Mother of all of us, we ask you uh, to... Um, uh, listen to us today, as, as we know you always do, uh, and pray for us. Uh, take our prayer, take our intentions up to your Son and to the Holy Spirit and the Heavenly Father, and uh, ask them uh, for guidance for us, uh, not just on this program, but in all that we do uh, throughout our lives with all the people that we meet. And we ask, uh, we ask that for ourselves. We ask that for everybody listening. Uh, bless them, uh, guide them, protect them. And um, help, uh, and we especially want to uh, make a prayer for help uh, to Brian and to his organization and all of his volunteers and the wonderful work that they do, which we're going to be talking about today. And we ask all these things in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. So, Brian, who are you? <laughs> you are the executive director of Coalition Life. If anybody doesn't know, please tell us, what is Coalition Life? Absolutely. So uh, we are the last line of defense in front of these abortion facilities, specifically for uh, the women who are going in uh, in the Midwest uh, for abortions. So uh, we started here in St. Louis, Missouri, and uh, we were so uh, blessed to be able to serve both uh, in Missouri and Illinois now. So we're in Fairview Heights, Illinois. Uh, along with uh, a group up in Chicago and now down in Carbondale, Illinois. We also run a pregnancy center here in Missouri uh, called Women's Care Connect, and we're excited about that. Uh, not to mention all of our prayer vigils and, um, and evangelization, I suppose, of the pro-life movement into the, uh, into the general public. So we're, we're so excited to be able to serve uh, now for uh, 11 years uh, professionally and uh, over 14 years of doing this uh, right on the ground uh, right here in St. Louis. And of course it is a, a very special, important, significant, uh, you know, doctrinal 
element of the church. Um, you know, uh, Pope uh, St. John Paul's um, Theology of the Body, Pope Benedict, uh, Pope Francis, all the popes before. Um, I mean, the church from time immemorial has taught life is, is a gift from God. It's a very special gift from God. It is not for us to take any of those gifts and decide uh, for ourselves, well, uh, God, that, that's nice, but no, thank you. Um, that's not our call. That's not our call. And, and you are uh, on the front lines. Uh, yeah, I know you said it's the last line of defense, but you are yeah. on the, the front lines talking to women who are in troubled situations. Um, I, you know, I can't imagine anybody wanting, I can't, I think that's fair to say. Let me, I cannot imagine uh, anybody really wanting uh, to have an abortion. I suppose, you know, uh, somebody could say otherwise, but, um, I, you know, I mean, I would imagine the great many, the great majority of the women sure. uh, that go to these, you know, abortion facilities, um, they're not happy about it, I would imagine. Mm-hmm. They're, they're in troubled, difficult situations. Yeah, the, the vast majority of the women we talk to uh, do not want to have this abortion. Absolutely not. Uh, and it really comes down to two different things. It's either a financial item or relationship. Uh, in fact, the financial problems that, uh, so women who come into our abortion or into our pregnancy center who are thinking about abortion, uh, who are going to our pregnancy center, uh, the ones who have just financial challenges, they, they need a rent payment, they need a car payment, uh, they have just, uh, their, their phone was turned off, little things like this that uh, for the vast majority of those who are listening, yeah, there's some challenges, struggles in making sure the bills are, are made, but these individuals literally can't make those bills. And so uh, by the generous donation of so many people out there, uh, we have about 19,000 supporters who have been supporting our ministry. Those are easily and quickly taken care of. And so that abortion is, uh, is um, eluded, if you will, uh, and that woman's going to choose life uh, because of those, um, th- those people who are going to take care of their financial uh, challenges really very quickly. Uh, the more difficult challenges we have is relationships. So it's the boyfriend who uh, set their uh, girlfriend's car on fire as a result of her wanting to choose life. Uh, it's Oh, really? Oh, absolutely. Uh, it's, <laughs> it's situations where uh, they have housing, but there's rats in the housing, there's plumbing problems, there's other things, uh, but it really comes down to the relationships that they have. And uh, those relationships are very, very difficult to break. Uh, many times they'll bring the abusive boyfriend to our pregnancy center, and uh, they explain that uh, he is abusive, and they'll show us the, the problems and the marks and, and tell us the stories. And uh, sometimes we have to call the police and uh, you know, escort them out of our building. But uh, these women are feeling pressured and forced into these abortions uh, that were uh, many mothers, grandmothers, uh, parents, boyfriends, are transporting these women across state lines uh, to Illinois to get these abortions. So when we meet them there at these abortion facilities, uh, many a times they're not making this choice. Others are making this choice for them. Now, the, the worst thing I can even say is for those around these women who maybe aren't pressuring or pushing them into them, they're just kind of indifferent. And this is actually an indifference with regards to abortion, actually serves the abortion. 
it serves the, the culture of death instead of supporting them. So uh, as, as Christians, we need to support them uh, in their decision to choose life, because if we don't, that all they hear is silence. And all they hear is uh, the media and television shows and so many other places that are telling them all you need is an abortion and it will all go It'll away. Fix your problems, right. Right. But we know that's not the case because there's millions of women and men who have gone through abortions who now regret their decision, who then share through uh, Project Rachel uh, and, and other programs. They share their experience of having this abortion, how much it really hurt them. And it's a, a regret that never goes away, can never go away. You're going to have it for the rest of your life. I mean, it's not something you can reverse. Yeah, I mean, the, the regret, regret will be there for the rest of your life. Uh, but, of course, uh, through our faith, uh, we know there's forgiveness through Jesus Christ uh, for that. So if uh, anyone listening today uh, is you know, struggling with their past abortion, know that there is forgiveness. There is through get forgiveness through Jesus Christ uh, of that abortion, whether it be the boyfriend or the parent or, or anyone involved in that process. Uh, through Project Rachel or other programs, uh, there is uh, healing and through Jesus Christ, there's forgiveness. Yeah, because his mercy does not have any limit. It has it, no limit. Exactly. Um, so, um, well, <clears throat> well, all right. So you, and I, so these women that, that, that you do save from an abortion, I mean, yeah, I'm sure there's, there's many that you can't because right. there's a relationship problem. You say that's the toughest thing. Um, okay, but for those that you do, um, yeah, I mean, you'll, you're, you're going to affect them for their entire life. Oh, yeah. I think I glanced on your website. Um, and what, what is uh, Oh, the, the website's coalitionlife.com. Coalitionlife.com. And uh, I think there's, there, there are numbers up there, like, I don't know, numbers of, of children that have been saved or mm -hmm. turnarounds. Um, right. So uh, in, in front of these abortion facilities, so we've been in St. Louis for many years, uh, and then we've been over in Illinois for about three years, uh, starting in Fairview Heights, uh, now up in Chicago and Carbondale. Carbondale is a very, very important part of this uh, abortion battle right now. Uh, so we were blessed to be invited uh, to Carbondale. There's two abortion facilities there in southern Illinois, and then a third coming. Because Fairview Heights and Carbondale are the two. Uh, so no, no. So Fairview Heights is across the river from St. Louis. Yes. So it's just right across right. from where we are. Right. Carbondale, there's two abortion facilities. There's two facilities. in Carbondale. And then there's a third in Carbondale that's being built right now as really? well. Really? Uh, so up to, you know, uh, for the vast majority of the time uh, that abortion was legal, no one even looked at Carbondale. No one cared about this. Uh, well, I mean, some people cared about this, you know, beautiful town uh, in southern Illinois, uh, but not because of abortion. And here we are. Uh, so many abortion facilities are now moving to Carbondale. Uh, we know two are open now. A third uh, will be opening in the next couple of months. Uh, and it's, it's now also uh, being mentioned on Grey's Anatomy. Uh, I would not mention watching this. Really? Really? <laughs> this television show. Uh, but they actually did an entire uh, piece on Southern Illinois and how it's the critical battleground for the Midwest uh, with regards to the abortion battle. Uh, so there, there's so much happening uh, with regards to Illinois and what we need to do there. 
Because what with its the geographical location in southern Illinois, it can service people coming from other states. Correct. So, uh, and of course, we have a fancy map here uh, that your listeners can't see. Uh, but we have Texas. But this is yeah. This this is radio. Let's talk about things like yeah. Talk yeah. about things they can't see. That's right. Right. Of course. Right. This is radio. Right. Uh, so Texas, Oklahoma, Missouri, Arkansas, Louisiana, Mississippi, Tennessee, Alabama, Kentucky, and Indiana, all are midwestern or southern states all outlawing abortion. There's zero abortion facilities in all of these wow. states. And so where can you get an abortion? So Southern, Southern Illinois. Illinois is like a little peninsula in the middle of all of these. Correct. Wow. Correct. And so all of these facilities are now closed down and don't know what to do. These abortion facilities are moving very quickly into Southern Illinois. And so uh, we... Uh, we saw the urgency of this. We were right in front of it. We uh, were working with many of groups down there as well. So, uh, but you asked the question about our numbers. Uh, yes. So, uh, we've been really blessed. Uh, we've had 3,500 or or more uh, um, turnarounds in front of these abortion facilities. So, w- what a turnaround is is uh, we put. A, a are you team talking out about? Um, are you, are you talking about these abortion facilities in Southern Illinois or in general? Uh, or for the last 11 years? Okay. For the okay. last 11 years. Okay. So. We've seen over uh, 35 so thousands years. of thousands of people. Absolutely, that were going in to get an abortion, and they turn around because, I guess, full disclosure. Um, so I was a sidewalk counselor here in, in St. Mm-hmm. Louis. Uh, yes, as a volunteer with your organization. So, full disclosure there. Um, but I was I was happy and privileged to be able to do it uh, for the time that I was able to do it. And, uh, you know, you see people, you know, coming in in these, these cars. And the funny thing, if you haven't been to an abortion facility and, and don't know the situation, these sidewalk counselors will be sitting on the outside of the fence or standing on the outside of the right. fence as people pull in. And then there's always, most, most of the time, there are people inside the fence um, who are there trying to coax them to come in, trying to thwart what the volunteers for your organization are doing on the outside of the fence. And you see people driving in these cars, and, you know, your, your heart just kind of, you know, goes out and wishing that, you know, wishing that, you know, you could have a chance to talk to them. Some people, they don't want to talk to you at all, but some will. And for the some that will, you know, there's a certain percentage that you can be successful in getting them to t- actually turn Around, yeah. they have come there. They've made a decision. They got in the car. They went there, figuring, you know, this is what I'm going to do today. So it's not an easy thing. And God bless the people that that volunteer for your organization and stand out there and try to do this. And those people that can get someone to turn around, oh my goodness, it's yeah. it's just a blessed thing. It, it's incredible. My my favorite turnaround. So uh, I was out there. This was many years back, but still my favorite was. Uh, a gentleman drove into Planned Parenthood in a limousine. So he is the driver of this long stretch limousine. And I approach him and I say, hey, you know what? We have alternatives uh, right across the street. And all you have to do is whip a U-turn. And uh, because that's kind of part of my script and what I tell most people, just whip a U-turn. And uh, and sure enough, he says, you know what? Let's Let's try it out. Let, let's check it out. And he told his daughter in the back of this big limousine that he was going to go down the street, across the street, to um, get alternative services, right? That's a very conspicuous turnaround. I know. Well, you should have seen this guy. Uh, obviously, he uh, it wasn't uh, a date or something else he was doing. Uh, but 
Can I just interject sure, for sure. just one second? Uh, got to take care of a little business here. So this is uh, St. Joseph Radio Presents coming to you courtesy of the St. Joseph Evangelization Network here live in St. Louis, Missouri, which we proudly, not so modestly, but proudly say is the Rome of the West. And I will let, sh- let folks know that there is a, a special dinner coming up shortly. It's on uh, March 19th, so it's only a few weeks away. Um, and it's a dinner uh, for honoring Catholic men of the year. There are a lot of men who do things under the radar in the parishes and in their communities, and we don't know about them. We don't know about all the, the tremendous volunteer work they do, like, like Brian and all his people. Uh, but uh, this is once a year when parishes will nominate folks for recognition, for all the good work they do. Many of them don't like to be recognized, but you know, others around them uh, nominate them anyway. Um, and so this is coming up on March 19th. If you want to get tickets, uh, simply call uh, St. Joseph Radio, 636-447-6000, 636-447-6000. I'd uh, love to see you there. Okay, now, Brian, I interrupted you. So, again, this is, uh, you know, St. Joseph Radio Presents. We have Brian Rustbrook with us today. He is the executive director, the founder and executive director of Coalition Life, that does a lot of great work, and you were telling us about this fabulous turnaround story. Yes, yes. So uh, the the beauty of it was it's this limousine driver who actually owns the limousine, and so uh, just watching him flip a U-turn in this limousine uh, <laughs> across the street was was really awesome. I uh, because also what we do know is that uh, if we have them drive into the abortion facility and say, "Hey, go inside." turn a U-turn uh, in the abortion facility's parking lot, then... Then those people that were inside that inside, fence that I was talking about will probably tell them, don't listen don't to those listen people. To right. right? Uh, so, uh, and of course, we, we also deal with uh, the people you're talking about are called escorts. Now, when, when I was growing up, the word escort generally meant something to do with pornography or, or, or uh, prostitution. Escort services, yeah. Right? Sure, sure. Uh, and, and I was like... Why would they even call themselves escorts uh, to begin with? But uh, because they do, they call themselves escorts. Uh, in general, they they understand that if I yell and scream and make lots of chaos uh, with regards to the conversations that we're trying to have, that the women get confused and they don't know what to do or how, who to trust. And so they drive in. And, and unfortunately, at that point in time, they believe the abortion facility is the place of safety. And so um, as, as we have these conversations with these women, uh, we actually have a lot of fun. Um, if the uh, so-called escorts uh, won't share their names with us, uh, we ask them politely, I, uh, you won't share your name with me. I, I apologize, but can I call you Susie? Yeah. And, and sometimes we'll get a little nod. Okay, fine. You can call me Susie or Sarah or something. And, uh, and so as we're talking to the women driving in and uh, Susie starts screaming and yelling, they're like... I apologize, I apologize for Susie. <laughs> she's, she's having a bad day today. Don't, don't worry about Susie. Uh, and, and it really kind of diffuses the situation sure, pretty sure. quickly. We, we love uh, uh, those types of conversations. Although uh, some of these so-called escorts uh, have actually talked to us and decided uh, to, to no longer come out. And uh, we've convinced them that abortion is, in fact, wrong. Uh, so those are actually very good conversations to have. Uh, while we're, you know, waving at the next woman who might come in or uh, or just simply waiting there. So we've had these great conversations out there as well. So uh, we're really, really blessed uh, that in the state of Missouri, currently there are 
no abortions in the state of Missouri, but I, I would caution those who are listening who live in Missouri. Um, right now— uh, Caution them against complacency. Yeah. I, I mean, we really, really have to uh, look at this as, uh, you know, uh, Winston Churchill—no, uh, um, I'm sorry. Uh, oh, shoot. Uh, yes, I think it was Churchill. who okay. He specifically talked about that there are two types of victory. One is the initial type of victory— and then there's ultimate success, right? So Sounds there's like something Churchill would say. Yeah. So there's initial success and there's ultimate success. Well, the Dobbs decision that reverse Roe versus Wade—that's our initial success. And uh, there is no ultimate success to this abortion battle uh, right now. We are in the most important part of the abortion battle to save lives. Uh, this is not the time to sit back. Um, w- when we look at Michigan. Uh, and Kansas and Kentucky and a lot of other states, they have lost uh, the referendum votes. Uh, you, you generally look at Kansas and you're like, well, they're generally a more yeah, pro-life if, state. Yeah, if people don't understand, um, a lot of people thought, well, you know, the Supreme Court with, with Roe versus Wade, you know, they decided that abortion was legal, which which is true. And then with the recent Supreme Court decision that overturned it, people think, okay, well, now they, the Supreme Court has said abortion is illegal you know, in the country, when, which is not true. It, the Dobbs decision, the one that you're talking about, this, this recent case that overturned Roe versus Wade, simply said it's up to the states to decide whether abortion is legal or not. And now, as you say, there are these votes taking place in various states in, in certain elections where you know groups are trying to get abortion on the ballot. Maybe it's a constitutional amendment here or there, some type of a law, some type of a public referendum to make abortion legal as a usually as a matter of right in a particular state. And so uh, that's, I think, what you're talking about with these votes that have recently taken place in Kansas and some of these other places. Right. Uh, I would actually uh, caution people um, from saying that it was returned to the states uh, because uh, the Supreme Court specifically said it's returned to the people and the people's representatives. So uh, we need to actually look at the federal government and the people who are up there in Washington, D.C., along with our state government and also our county and city governments, that all of our people's representatives, including the dog catcher and the school boards, uh, we need to know that this is something that all representatives must uh, look at. Right now, what's happening in Washington, D.C. is uh, those who would call themselves pro-life, the, our representatives in Washington, D.C., uh, they're basically using the same line that a lot of us have been using, which is, well, it just returned to the states. So I don't have to do anything here in Washington, D.C., because now it's a state's issue, when in reality, the Supreme Court didn't say that. The Supreme Court clearly said it was sent back to the people and the people's representatives, including uh, our president and our uh, Congress and House of Representatives. So we have to be very careful to understand that this can actually be taken care of at the, at the city and county level as well. And I wouldn't think people would normally think that. Right. Uh, So we've been fighting forever to think that, well, this is a state issue and we're kind of handcuffed by the Roe versus Wade decision. But there's so much we can do at the city and county level as well. Uh, So if if the listeners are in uh, in Illinois or some other so-called blue state, uh, you can actually pass an ordinance at your city or county level that will point towards what's called the Comstock Laws. Uh, so uh, we were chatting, I think, before we got on the air about the Comstock Laws. Uh, back in uh, 1873, uh, our 
wonderful representatives way back before any of us were born uh, understood that transporting abortion-causing drugs or abortion-causing, quote, paraphernalia uh, is not something that they wanted. And so they outlawed this practice of transporting abortion and abortion-causing devices. Well, of course, in 1973, abortion became, quote, a fundamental right, which made this Comstock law uh, not relevant. And so uh, now, since Roe versus Wade was overturned and abortion is not a, quote, fundamental right, we can actually point to this Comstock law and say, look, this is already on the books. We cannot transport abortion or abortion-causing drugs uh, across the mail or, or in any kind of interstate commerce of any kind. And uh, all we need, honestly, is a pro-life president to enforce the Comstock laws and abortion is done tomorrow. But we need to understand that this, this is something we have to do right here at home, and we can do this at the city or county level as well. And I think you mentioned, uh, as you said, we were talking about this a little bit before we got on the air, and I think you mentioned something about 65 cities. Cities have passed ordinances, local legislation, um, I guess either putting in obstacles or outlawing abortion in those particular municipalities. And and some of those, I believe, are in states that on a state level, uh, and this is, I think, what you were saying before, is that you can't say it returned to the states, because on a state level, um, abortion would be legal in some of these states, but nevertheless, some of these cities have still said no, not in our city. And you would think, well, that wouldn't fly, because if the state says it's legal, well, then the state would trump. Correct. Pardon that pun. <laughs> sure, sure. Um, but anyways, you know, that would override, you know, the local legislation. But as you say, if these local legisla- local pieces of legislation. Sure are based on this federal law, then they're going to say, well, the federal law overrides the state law. Correct. So there's, yeah, so there's a, there's a lot of uh, battles to be fought all over this land um, about, this, about this very significant issue. Absolutely. So the pro-life movement today is so much more important. I can't reiterate this more than, than ever before, that the pro-life movement today is so much more important than the last 50 years. Uh, the last 50 years was really, really important, but we were on the defense at that point for 50 years. Here we must be on the offense, uh, especially in pro-life states, uh, and also supporting all the different neighboring states. So a loss uh, of any kind anywhere is a loss for the pro-life movement everywhere, uh, because injustice anywhere is injustice everywhere. And so uh, keep fighting at the state level in both Missouri and across the country, uh, but also we need to be supporting those efforts uh, around the country as well. well we're headed for a short uh, break, um, and we are talking with Brian Westberg. He is the executive director of Coalition Life. And we're going to be continuing our discussion as soon as we uh, do conclude this break. So, um, uh, so uh, come back and, and join us after that. Um, we're going to get into, I think, in the in the next half hour. We're going to get into a lot of what you're doing right now in Co- with Coalition Life. What's on What's on your plate? What's on your agenda? What you've got going? Uh, I would imagine need for the need for volunteers. The Absolutely. Need, need for financial support. All kinds of needs. Uh, to help in their very uh, important work. So please uh, stay with us, and we will be right back. 
Hi, this is Matt Logaman with St. Joseph Radio with a great gift idea, a St. Benedict bracelet, a trendy accessory for men, women, and children that not only looks good on everyone's wrist, but is actually armor for the spiritual battlefield. This unique bracelet is handmade in Europe and contains 10 medals within the braided cord in the adult size and seven medals in the children's size. On the front of each beautiful medal is St. Benedict holding a cross in his right hand, the object of his devotion. On the back of each medal is a cross. Surrounding the back of the medal and cross are the letters V. R-S-N-M-V-S-M-Q-L-I-V-B. In Latin reference, which translates, Be gone, Satan. Never tempt me with your vanities. What you offer me is evil. Drink the poison yourself. And finally, located at the top is the word Pax, which means peace. All bracelets come packaged with an informational card and the St. Benedict blessing, which your local priest can administer. This gift is for everyone you love and care about, including yourself. Available from St. Joseph Radio. Check the website at www.saintjosephradio.net. St. Joseph Catholic Radio is proud to announce the launch of SJEN-TV, the St. Joseph Evangelization Network. SJEN-TV is a premier online Catholic broadcasting network providing quality Catholic programming 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. We have programming such as live studio interviews, St. Joe's Java speaker presentations, current Catholic issues, and the pro-life series. We're featuring the many talented speakers out of Orange County, California, and this Archdiocese of St. Louis, Missouri including Professor John Gresham, Father James Mason, Karen Nokemper, Rick Hollerick, Bill Federer, and many more. To review the program list, go to sjen.tv or on Roku, sjen.tv. All this programming is free, and we are welcoming sponsorship of new programs. Find out more at sjen.tv. So, welcome back. This is St. Joseph Radio Presents, coming to you through the... uh, the courtesy of the St. Joseph Evangelization Network here in St. Louis, Missouri, the Rome of the West. Uh, if you want a, a CD of this particular program or any of our other St. Joseph Radio Presents programs, all you have to do is call our phone number 636-447-6000. Again, 636-447-6000. And we will send it to you, get this, free. The only uh, thing is we will make you pay for postage. Uh, but the CD itself will be free. All right. So, Brian, uh, we're here again with Brian Westbrook, and he is the executive director and the founder of Coalition Life. Um, and you started in St. Louis, but your organization is not limited to St. Louis. Uh, right. So we started uh, way back in 2009. We were the St. Ferdinand Pro-Life Committee up in North St. Louis County. That's a nice long name. I, I, <laughs> it, it was. <laughs> Uh, and we were uh, we were just a, a ragtag group uh, who you just, still are. Well, we we still are. <laughs> we, we still are. Some uh, some fourteen years later, we absolutely are. Uh, but a good way, a very good yeah. ragtag group. Uh, so uh, there was uh, four or five of us around the table, uh, and we just learned about this thing called Forty Days for Life, and it's a prayer vigil to bring people out uh, to the abortion facility. And uh, we explained this, my wife and I, to the rest of the group, and they looked at us and they, they're like, what? You, you want 960 people to come out for 40 straight days? So what no prompted way. you, what led you, you know, what kind of prompted you to, to do that? Well, I mean, oh, now that's the real story. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, you know, uh, so uh, in uh, a few years earlier, uh, I had become a father in, in 2008. And, uh, and so uh, fatherhood has this thing about uh, not really having a, 
a guide, if you will. There's lots of books written about parenting, but but not really uh, nothing to quite prepare you for the idea of uh, becoming a father. And so, uh, four weeks after, there's no there's no real instruction book. There, there, there really isn't. Uh, you, you really just have to learn from other men. And I'm I'm really excited about uh, the idea of men supporting men. Uh, and so I'm really excited about your. Uh, really honoring men through St. Joseph Radio and the Man of the Year uh, awards, if you will. I think you were a nominee. I, I, I was. I, I didn't win. But you didn't win. <laughs> there, there was, what, 20 of us or so? Well, so it's hard to win. But we, we let you back in the building anyway. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, uh, no, I, I really look at uh, the examples of other men and, and what, uh, and I have to honor a lot of those men who, who have helped me along the way. But uh, so I was very young. And we were uh, new, and we had this new little baby who ended up uh, uh, getting RSV and pneumonia and ended up in ICU for seven days. And uh, at that point, I saw this tiny little baby, and I thought, what? Um, I've lost control, right? Up until that point, uh, I, I went to college, and I got a job, and I was always working and working and working because I wanted the American dream, just like everybody else, the, the white picket fence, two-car garage, two cars, the marriage, and two kids, right? That's the American dream. The or at classical least, American dream. At least it was 20 years ago. Um, and so I, I looked at this as this is my responsibility as, as a a now new husband that I need to provide financially for our family. I was working at an engineering firm and was excited to be able to do that as well. Uh, but when I received that phone call from my wife, everything changed when she said he stopped breathing. And at that point, I lost all control. And that's where really God comes in as he says, you know what, you are not in control as you look at this tiny little baby with all kinds of you know, wires and tubes. And I'm, no, I'm not the only parent who has gone through this, but I felt like I was at the time. Sure. Um, and so we went down, we were completely exhausted, my wife and I, after seven days of our child in ICU and no improvements that we could see. And I threw my arms up uh, in front of God and I said, take care of my little boy and I'll rededicate my life to you. Oh, wow. Uh, and of course, the next day he gets better and three days later we take, home, take him home. <laughs> yeah, God's, out there, God's up there smiling. It's like, I got him now. Uh, I got him now. <laughs> so, you know, be careful about prayers like that. Um, but uh, we were so amazed and so blessed uh, to be able to take him home. And uh, now he is a, a teenager in high school and he's uh, just uh, really doing very, very well. And, um, and so we're, we're just... So blessed uh, to be able to have that experience, even though it was so really, it was very, very ridiculous and difficult at the time. So the, the gift of uh, but, life, the joy of a young baby, right. that was so personal. And, yeah. And, and so uh, one of the things uh, my wife Marisa and I said is that we need to give back. Where, where do we give back? How do we give back? You know, we, uh, at least Brian made this prayer. Maybe my wife did it. <laughs> Brian did. <laughs> when, so, did you, when did you tell her, hey, you know right. what? Well, I kind of got us into this. <laughs> I, so, so we were looking to, to give back, and uh, that was when I learned that my mother-in-law had had an abortion uh, many, many years prior. And she started sharing her story uh, with with us and invited us out to the abortion facility. And my my first answer was no, absolutely not. I'm not going to the abortion facility. So your mother-in-law had an abortion many years before. She did. And she invited you to the abortion facility. To pray. Yes. And yes, I, I understood. Yes. I, right. Um, but I mean, that that's amazing. Yeah. So she, uh, we never really knew why. 
uh, she was so adamant about being in the pro-life committee, and, oh, doing oh, all the work. Oh, she, at that time, when she invited you, you did not know. We, 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 uh, as she was telling us that she had had this abortion many years back, uh, she then also was inviting us, we should do something about this. Okay. So okay. she had went through Project Rachel, uh, the amazing work that Project Rachel does. And so she was finding healing through that abortion. But she was always on the pro-life committee. Uh, and uh, was always inviting us to do things, but it, it had real meeting at this point. Where so, so God was producing some good out of the bad that had correct. previously happened through her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and so uh, we went out, and uh, we went on a sab- Saturday afternoon. <laughs> and I uh, uh, back then, and sometimes now, I'm a, I'm a big procrastinator, as I think a lot of us are, and a lot of our listeners. Uh, and so. I was like, I, um, we should prepare a nice big breakfast on this Saturday morning. <laughs> and I, I didn't want to go <laughs> to the abortion facility. I, and a lot of people don't, and I get it, uh, because I was there. I didn't, breakfast can take a couple hours. Of course, it can take <laughs> several hours. And so we, uh, so we end up there on a Saturday afternoon and not an early Saturday morning. And so we show up, my wife and I and our son, uh, Ethan was there with us, who was just still a little guy, and no one else was there. No other pro-life individuals were there at that point because we showed up so late. And so we just, we, there was no signs, no literature, no, no way to say that we're pro-life or anything. We were just invited, so we, we went, but late. And people started yelling at us. Mm. So people driving by started yelling and screaming at us. And we said, well, shoot, we're just standing here, maybe folding our hands, saying a couple of prayers, but not really knowing why we were there or what we were doing. Uh, And that was until I saw a young lady, maybe 15 years old, stumble out of the abortion facility. Mm. And as she came out of that abortion facility, she sat down on the top step of those those stairs going out of that abortion facility here in St. Louis, Missouri. And she just started crying. Oh, boy. And uh, I looked at my wife, and I, I, I didn't know what to do because, I mean, there, here we are, and this is supposed to be a political issue. It's supposed to be abstract or something that they deal with in Washington, D.C. Yeah, or just, in state capitals. Poli- it's just politics. Right? It's just a politics thing. And here I am, and I'm watching this woman or this young lady sit there and cry. And, uh, and so I'm like, well, what are we going to do? And uh, I, I was kind of confused about the whole idea and the issue. And, and so then, of course— you know, a few minutes later, a white SUV pulls up and stops right in front of the building. The, the engine's still running, and this uh, young girl stumbles down the abortion or facilities stairs. Maybe not stumbles, but walks down, right. you know, as if she just had a surgery, gets into this large vehicle, pulls around, and they stop right in front of us. They do. And she just loses it. And the person in the driver's seat, must have been her mother or someone related to her, crossed their arms and just waited for her to stop crying. And uh, at that point, I said, well, shoot, it worked the first time. So I, you know, kneeled down there, threw my arms up in the in the dirt, take care of this little girl, and I'll rededicate my life to you. Well, it worked once. <laughs> it worked once. <laughs> uh, and... And of course, uh, nothing you know uh, magical happened that that day. But what happened was God worked in my heart and said that something must be done. And this is something that happens at the local level that 
we need to do something right here at home because abortion is not in the Supreme Court. It's not in uh, you know the halls of Congress. It's right here at home. It's where we live. And, and even if there's not an abortion facility where you live anymore, the women who are living in our community are traveling out of state to get abortions. So we have a lot of work still to do in pro-life states as well. And so we then learned about this thing called 40 Days for Life, and we were just talking about that. And it just uh, grew so quickly that uh, we, uh, a couple of years later, uh, I left my job at the engineering firm, uh, started uh, what then was called Coalition for Life St. Louis. And uh, from there, it has really just blossomed and, and grown. Uh, still a bit ragtag, as you had mentioned earlier, uh, but we are so blessed to be <laughs> able to grow. You're taking me seriously about right? that. Right. <laughs> um, so how many cities are you in? Uh, we're currently uh, in Chicago. Uh, we're down in Carbondale and uh, Fairby Heights, Illinois. And then, of course, we're still here in St. Louis, Missouri. And how many volunteers do you think you have? Uh, we have upwards of 19,000 supporters, volunteers, and donors. And you said nothing magical happened when, right. when that car stopped in front of you and you prayed again? Because oh. that's, that's, that's something very big in motion. And now thousands, as you said earlier, you know, there are thousands of turnarounds, thousands of, of, of children have been saved, thousands of women have been spared the grief that comes, you know, after, you know, right. something like this. Um, so anyways, um, well, maybe you're not so ragtag after all. <laughs> <laughs> no, we, we have a great team. We, uh, we now have 36 uh, staff members uh, on board with us. Uh, so we have a nurse on staff. Uh, it, there was a, a woman who came to us uh, applying for a different position. So she wanted to be a client care specialist, work directly with women. And uh, I was going through her job history and uh, she had taken some time off from uh, from work to take care of her kids, and and which is honorable. And I I I work really hard so that my wife can stay home as well and take care of our uh, our six and now seven uh, children. So she's pregnant with our seventh. God as well. bless. Wow. Uh, and so I, I know the hard work that these women go through to take care of these children, and. And so I was going through her resume, and she had mentioned that, well, she was an attorney way back when. I said, well, uh, I was just wondering, how, how hard is it to get your attorney's license back? And we learned that a couple of you know, classes she could go through, and she could get her attorney's license back, both in Illinois and also in Missouri. And so uh, we have a nurse on staff. We have an attorney on staff. We have many individuals who are fighting this battle uh, at the local level. Uh, but also understanding that this, what we do here locally in both Illinois and Missouri have a broad, uh, broad impact on what happens around the country. So uh, we also just set, uh, almost 12 months ago, we set our 10-year target of being at every single abortion facility nationwide. It's about 672 uh, abortion facilities nationwide. Uh, and that includes 800,000 abortions that are still happening in the United States today. So when we look at the Dobbs decision that overturned Roe versus Wade, we really have to recognize that it may have saved the lives of 100,000 children every single year. The impact, though, is that there are still 800,000 children who will still lo lose their lives in the next 12 months, and we must do something about it. Uh, here in the state of Missouri, about 9,000 women will leave the state of Missouri to get abortions elsewhere. And so we, we have to act here at home through supporting our pregnancy centers and also supporting great legislation, but also looking at supporting our neighbors as well. So what can people do 
to help. Uh, so first and foremost, of course, uh, we need to pray for an end to abortion every single day. Uh, and so uh, depending on where they live, uh, look at the nearest abortion facility that you can go to. And if you've not been out to an abortion facility, if you've not prayed in front of an abortion facility, take my advice, go on a Saturday afternoon, right? Go in, uh, go in the, uh, the women are leaving. Because many of us in the pro-life movement think that somehow uh, our best and most important time is when they go in. And for many times it is. But as we look at the abortion issue, the women who are leaving are there in tears. The women who are leaving are there in so much regret and pain, both emotional and sometimes physical pain as well. And so go and no one else is there and just go out to these abortion facilities. Uh, you know, as, as my mother-in-law and many other people have invited me to go out, I'm going to invite you as well. And if it means that you have to drive two hours to get to the nearest abortion facility, drive those two hours because guess what? Women in your city and your community are also driving those two hours to get to that abortion facility. If they can drive it and they're, uh, they can barely make ends meet, but they're driving that two hours, uh, we should be able to drive that two hours as well and stand with them and stand for those women who are having those abortions. So uh, in, come out. Uh, also go out to every single pro-life event you possibly can go to, whether it be St. Joseph Radio's events or any other event uh, as well. Go to those events. And uh, what was that event as well? Oh, the, Catholic, uh, the Catholic Man of the Year. Catholic Man of the Year. That's yes. We, we have to plug that, right? Uh, you, you start doing my job now. Okay, all right. Uh, you, but may, we have... you, may, you may end up being, sitting in this chair before long. <laughs> um, and you know, believe me, you don't want that. Um, <laughs> this is, uh, let me just uh, take care of a little business. So this is, as, uh, as Brian was alluding to, this is St. Joseph Radio Presents, coming to you courtesy of the St. Joseph Evangelization Network. Uh, live, we're coming to you live uh, from St. Louis, Missouri, which we very humbly, proudly, I don't know, both at the same time, proclaim is the Rome of the West. All right. Now, so you were suggesting that people, um, oh, yeah, and I should, I should mention, yeah, the Catholic Men of the Year dinner, uh, if you want to come out and rec- help, help support these men, help recognize them, uh, it's an inspiring dinner. A lot of people uh, who are uh, in attendance then get inspired to do other great things. If you want to be part of that, uh, come to the dinner. It is March 19th. Uh, and uh, for tickets, for information, just simply call 636-447-6000. All right. Uh, so, Brian, you were suggesting that people, um, you know, come and uh, and go to an abortion facility. And I, I'm assuming that you would not suggest that they actually try to approach people. I think what you're talking about, because I think you have to be trained before you try to counsel somebody or, or talk to somebody and you know you can explain more about that, but I think what you're suggesting is they just come out to see the looks on these people's faces yeah. to to have it affect, see right. what kind of effect it may have on on, on you. But yeah, go yeah on. absolutely. Well, I mean, so uh, through the 40 Days for Life campaigns, we we ran 28 40 Days for Life campaigns for the last 14 years, and uh, God was kind of heavy on my heart saying that He was asking us to take a break. Uh, rest. So, uh, you know, even God rested on the seventh day. So uh, we decided that uh, we were going to do some reshaping given that the Dobbs decision had happened. Uh, So we're going to take this Lent to reshape our team and reshape our efforts so that the efforts that we have moving forward will be uh, even that much better 
uh, as we grow and expand, uh, not just in the Midwest, but nationally. But uh, I, I encourage anyone to go out to an abortion facility. It is the single most impactful, but also the most uncomfortable thing you will ever do. Uh, even today, when I go out to the abortion facility, I'm uncomfortable. Everybody who goes to an abortion facility is uncomfortable. So welcome. Which is kind of as it should as be. As it should be, yeah. right? And so come out, join us on in front of these abortion facilities. One, it's our constitutional right. It's our fundamental right to be out in front of these abortion facilities in the public sphere on public right-of-way. And if we don't exercise that right, that right will dwindle over the course of time. So come out, especially during Lent, especially during the 40 Days for Life campaigns. Now, there is a 40 Days for Life campaign still happening in Fairview Heights, Illinois. Uh, So I invite you there. Also in uh, Granite City, Illinois, those are still happening. So please go to those as well, even though we're not running them. Some of my friends are, uh, and we're so blessed to be able to encourage you to do that. Uh, Come out as well to the March on the Arch, uh, which is April 29th. Uh, So register at stlmarch.com. stlmarch.com. Correct, stlmarch.com. So uh, it'll be a bit shorter. Our, our, Our March on the Arch was almost four miles long, because uh, we're serious about this. Uh, but uh, this year, it's going to be about a mile long. So it'll be a lot easier for, uh, for those who want to come out. Uh, instead of starting at the former abortion facility, we'll be starting at Union Station and then marching down uh, to the Arch instead. And so we're, we're really uh, honored to be able to continue to present that event. And as I said earlier in the program, it is more important now than ever to be involved in the pro-life movement uh, because the the other side has tons of money and they will win referendum votes uh, so much easier than we can win referendum votes. So uh, there is a major threat in the state of Missouri and other pro-life states that they could whittle back any and all progress that we've had at the political level. And so we must be out on the streets talking about the abortion issue. Uh, so one is to pray. Two is to come out to the abortion facility. Three is to come out to the March on the Arch uh, and any other marches that might be out there. Uh, And then finally, give your financial support. Uh, So we are honored to be one of the 75 pregnancy centers in the state of Missouri. So if anyone who's listening is in the state of Missouri, know that there's a 70% tax credit for any pregnancy center in the state of Missouri. So they just have to make it and on the If they the make list. a donation. If they make a donation. Yeah. So a $1,000 donation, you can get 70% get of that back. As a tax credit, right? And, and this, uh, when I talk to people, they're like, so that's a deduction? I'm like, no, it's a credit, which is so much different. You get $700 back. Yeah, your tax bill just gets reduced. By right seven. away. Yeah. Uh, so I, I share this story every once in a while where there was a gentleman who called me about a year and a half ago. And he called our office a couple of times, and uh, he, he didn't show up in our database. And anyone who asks for me directly generally is put in my voicemail or uh, we'll take a message. We'll see if he'll call you back if you're not in our database. Uh, and so a, a few times he didn't make it to me. And finally, he had to just exhaustingly say, I just need to talk to Brian. I'm going to make a donation. And of course, then he makes it through apparently at that point. And and so this gentleman, he, he says, hey, uh, Brian, I owe this large amount of, of Missouri taxes. 
what's the largest donation I can write so that I can wipe away all of my Missouri taxes? Uh, and uh, God kind of put it on my heart a, a week earlier to figure that number out. What was that number? And uh, without missing a beat, I said $71,500 would be the, the largest donation you could get to get a $50,000 tax credit. And uh, I had never met this gentleman before. He was referred by a friend. And within a few seconds, he says, great, I'll have to check to you on Tuesday. Really? <laughs> I was like, wow. <laughs> uh, and I, I, so somebody's I, taking you seriously again. I know, they're taking me seriously. <laughs> this man upstairs, God was like, I'm going to take care of you. And so, and so I, I, was, I wanted to explain who we are in our ministry, and I really wanted to get to know this gentleman. He says, no, I'll send you the check on Tuesday. Have a good day. And he hangs up the phone. Wow, and, that's amazing. And that is amazing. Those are the kind of moments that we, we really love. Uh, but also, uh, the, the 19,000 people who are supporting us with their monthly gifts, the, the $10 a month, $30 a month, all of that then makes it possible for us to put a team on the ground and also to run the pregnancy center with our nurse on staff and show a picture of an ultrasound of this little tiny baby to the women who are coming in uh, to our pregnancy center. That makes a huge difference in addition to uh, the amazing coaching that we have as well. Yeah. You know, I, uh, I just think I, I probably should just uh, say again that, um, you know, when, you're, when you say, you know, people should go out to these uh, abortion facilities, uh, if they want to go and observe and watch, uh, I think that's what you're talking about. Yeah. But, you know, you know I mean, you... You know, do not try to go, you know, inside a fence or some kind of a boundary. Um, you know, do not go onto the, the property if you want to stay in a public sidewalk. But if you go onto the property of an abortion facility, you know, there, there, there there's potential consequences and so forth. So we're not encouraging anybody to go and, you know, either, you know, create any disturbances or anything of that nature. But just to go and watch and observe and, and let it, you know, tug at your heart. Um, that that's that's something different, but anyways, Brian, it has been our distinct, our very distinct pleasure to have you here today. As I said before, I am very glad that you were able to make time for us and come into our studio today. It's been a delight talking to you about all the wonderful work you do in the pro-life movement. Uh, your organization is Co Coalition Life. You've been doing it for a bunch of years now. It's it's been great. Uh, so uh, we wish you all the all the best. We'll keep you in our prayers. Uh, and we encourage everybody out there to join us again next time. Uh, and until then, um, God bless. You've been listening to St. Joseph Radio Presents from the Rome of the West, St. Louis, Missouri. If you would like to join us in our evangelization efforts, you can order a copy of today's broadcast or any of our past programs by visiting us on our website, stjosephradio.net. That's S-A-I-N-T, josephradio.net. Or call us, 636-447-6000. It's all at your fingertips to help us evangelize the world, bringing the good news of Christ to everyone you meet and change one soul at a time. Thank you for your prayers and support. Until next time, may God bless you and your family. This has been a presentation of St. Joseph Radio Presents.